Greetings, salutations, permutations, congratulations. The title topic of today's Dharma talk is life comes without warning, which is, of course, the expression from the, the four reminders that turn the mind towards the Dharma. Death comes without warning. This body will be a corpse, which is uh, pretty negative. But something you could contemplate, and those those four reminders uh, are great to help us support our practice from a uh, thinking, intellectual point of view. But life comes without warning. You don't know, you, have, you don't have any idea what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes. None of us do. We don't know. And actually, we can't remember what happened 10 minutes ago. And if you talk to 10 people about what happened 10 minutes ago, you'll give, get a different version of, of everything that shows up. Welcome, Christina. So life comes without warning. What, the idea here is to encourage you to take advantage of whatever gap you have that we call the, uh, the gap or the space in your life to do something uh, to train your mind to see clearly so that you so that you when something does come uh, uninvited something comes rushing down your hallway and into your living room that you did not want to be there that you are facing that handling that working with that with as clear a mind as possible you may not attain total complete awakening that you can have a lot of clarity about the confusion before you actually transcend the confusion and see the confusion and the wisdom are not two different things. That might take more work. But you have to start somewhere. Life comes without warning. A good example is uh, just to pick on somebody. Junshu uh, a few weeks ago was walking around just fine and then one little slip on, on the Michigan in the Mich Michigan weather uh, ice. Uh, she has a uh, broken ankle, which is coming along good, I understand. So. You think so? So that's just a very simple example. Uh, you might say, how's meditation going to help that? Or how's training your mind going to help that? It's not just that event. It's all the things that show up around that event, all the difficulty, all the confusion. Any event any any life occurrence, anything that comes up uh, is going to be uh, challenging in different ways. And also uh, support uh, su su supporting or um, uh, supportive uh, in the way you're working with your mind, the way you're working with your life, the way you're working with any aspect of your relationships insofar as you can. This is not easy, but insofar as you can, find those areas in the mind stream that you can locate, you could say, to use more ideas, <sighs> pictorials, <laughs> find those controls, those dials, those switches that allow you to receive this world. It's not only this world, what's being said to you, but it's what is showing up in the mind stream as maybe a response to what is being said to you. Excuse me. All of that. All of that has to be received. When I say it has to be, you can do whatever you want. You can fight with the world if you want to. Well, most people are doing just that. But to try to attempt to 
be clear about how important it is to receive whatever is happening without any addition, without any overlay, without any interpretation, without any shutting down, without any ignoring, without any warfare, without any peace fare. That can be just as difficult. And what do I mean by that? I'm saying validating, justifying, explaining why it happened. Soft peddling the whole thing. Don't do that. Don't do anything with it. Or receive it. Receive your life. Don't miss your life. Life comes without warning. Um, yeah, there's a few things that are, are showing up. So through, through sitting practice of meditation and through the whole practice of, of the Buddha's Dharma, if you need to go that far, and perhaps you do, perhaps you don't. But I highly recommend that whether you decide to officially become a student of Buddhism, that you at least sit down, watch the mind come and go for every day for a period of time, just so that you get to know yourself better, get to know how your reactive mind works. You're not going to be able to fix anything. When I say that, that's meant to be helpful to you. It's not meant to argue with you or come uh, have you come back and say, well, yeah, you can, if I used to, I've been meditating for 20 years and I used to be this way and now I'm, I'm different or now I'm not, I'm not having that issue or that problem. Perhaps that's very possible. But it's very situational. There are no guarantees. Anybody that says that meditation will get you this or get you that is, uh, I wouldn't say they're deliberately being dishonest, but they're not clear about what this is if they're promising anything because life comes without warning. No one knows what is going to happen next. Even some of the ways of working with uh, past things or future things that seem to be more tuned into it than uh, modern science, medicine and so on, philosophy, psychology, some of those uh, ancient techniques are not, won't tell you exactly what's going to occur. They may talk about the content, but they cannot pin it down. I'm talking about working with I Ching or tarot cards or tarot cards or astrology. All of that has some workability to it, but it won't solve it. It won't tell you what to do or what you shouldn't do or what you, what if you do this, you do that and you don't do that if you do this. And if you do this on the 13th of October, then this will happen. Nope, not going to happen. Whatever is showing up in your mind stream, whether it was just triggered by something somebody said 10 minutes ago, or whether it's been something that's been going on for the last three weeks and just keeps ramping up and ramping up, positive, negative, or neutral, but usually if it's bothering you, it's usually something that's negative. Insofar as you can, just receive that. That's difficult to do. You're, you are training your mind to receive what is ever, whatever is showing up without modifying it at all. Unless, unless you have to, sometimes things arise and your the impulse to push or to pull or something is there, and then you need to receive that part of the mind stream, which looks like uh, sometimes like your own personal will or willpower or something. Probably not. So again, whatever is showing up, just receive. Have that kind of an attitude. Give everything, that kind of generosity. Give, 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 give everything, your attention and, and respect. Very, very hard to do because the, whatever shows up, sometimes what is showing up is extremely 
um, threatening or possibly irritating or possibly nauseating or possibly, possibly, possibly anything. And we want to do something about it. And some things we will have to do. You, 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 it's choiceless. You will have to react or act relative to this showing up or that going away or this moving about in a way that you have, you don't really have any say so about at all. And I would take it even further to say that uh, the say so you have is even less than you think. There's a lot of that lack of being able to control things is covered up quite a bit. And since it, since it is so different with each person and it's in each situation, there is no there is no particular formula. This might sound a little bit formulaic when I say um, receive the teaching, whether it's the words of the teacher, the words of the Buddha, the words of uh, of, uh, of Vasubandhu, the words of uh, Dogen Zenji, uh, the words of any teaching situation that's coming through the Buddha's Dharma down through the centuries, including your uh, Dharma brothers and sisters, including the person next to you who's practicing with you. Receive, receive, receive as much as you can. Everything is a teaching. Always be, always be a student. Don't miss your life. If you're always a student, you won't miss much. You might still suffer. You might still be bumping up against things. Might still have difficulty, but receive as much as you can. If you're going to produce anything, it depends on what it is that's in front of you or is there. But as far as the teaching, produce devotion. The, the teaching person and the teacher and the Sangha don't need anything. They don't need your devotion, but you may need to have that kind of expression. And how that shows up for you isn't just uh, worshiping a cult leader. That's actually... Uh, not devotion at all. That's blindness. Chazan. Chazan bowing. Um, in line with what you titled the talk today, Life Comes Without Warning, you've also talked about precious human birth. Is there a way we can work with the preciousness of life to help guide us through what arises? Bowing. Well, very biased there, of course, is to train your mind so that that which is doing the so-called navigating of the life is is not projecting ideas and conclusions and opinions and judgments on what you're going through. So you actually see the river you're going down. You actually see the plants. You see the the wild animals. You see the you see the terrain itself. You see it. You receive that rather than you're going down and you project onto things so much that you don't even know you're in a river. You don't even know that you're you're in a life stream. You don't you don't recognize your karma because you think you are somebody separate from everything that's happening to you, rather than you are what's happening to you. A precious human birth is that you're you're dumped down into this situation, and it is your opportunity to see the truth as a out of being a living being. If anybody, if you know how you got here, or how this happened, or if you if you put a a request in to be a human being, I'd sure, certainly like to hear about that. Because this just shows up. We, sh we showed up uh, as a embryo, and then, and then we came along. I don't need to tell you anything about that, but it's, it's kind of, we just kind of take that for granted. We're here, and we're somebody, and we're going somewhere, or we've been somewhere, and this is working, that's not working. I like that person, I don't like that person. All of the, the various things that show up, and then we dump, uh, then we project or 
lay or laminate opinions and ideas onto everything to protect the so-called what self. And there isn't one. There's nothing that is threatened. This doesn't mean you might have intense emotions, get irritated, punch holes in the wall, but there's nobody there. There's nobody punching. But the greed for being somebody and the greed for having something is intense. And this will, if it's too intense, it will take you right down into what in the sixth round, what is called the hell round with absolute intense rage. But then it can go another way where it's just kind of, you're just really hungry for that. So then we're in the uh, hungry ghost realm or, or that the, you're so uh, enamored of this, but you're not getting what you want. So you close down and, and take on an animal posture. That doesn't mean you're an animal. It just means you're shutting down. You just are just going to handle your life that way by just not by ignoring as much as you can. We've all met someone. Maybe it's you're looking in the mirror, but we've all met someone who's who the way they function, they're intelligent, but they seem to not really hear or notice what's really happening around them. They have if you ask them about it, they have ideas and opinions about it, but you can tell that they haven't really looked at what's in front of them. And then, of course, the other realms, the realm of, of the human realm, which is full of passion, also passion, aggression and ignorance, but in a different level. And it's uh, filled with desire, wanting this, not wanting that, desire for this and desire that that goes away. And then desire that I can just shut down from that desire. And a lot of curiosity about what is this? What is that? But actually, the what question isn't going to arise probably in any of the other realms, including the jealous God realm and the God realm, because they're so busy climbing ladders and throwing spears at each other. So busy getting somewhere, jealous God realm, or the ones who have made it to some kind of a plateau where nothing else is happening other than they've had trouble getting their Mercedes to start consistently. So that needs to get into the garage. I'll just I'll just ride my Harley to work today. Am I being being funny or mocking a little bit? But it's it's like that. Those those people uh, who are in that kind of a heaven realm or that superior area where they're wondering why everybody's having so much trouble, it's definitely risen. It will not last. It might last for seventy years, but it's coming apart. And that which is actually real there is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. And if that has not been understood or realized, then back around for the next uh, going to uh, <clears throat> going to the next classroom, uh, the next lifetime, you should say, or however you want to say it. Are there are there past and present lives or future lives? I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, maybe a little bit of an idea. Something's going on there, and we're not sure. For we're not really positive. Some people are positive. But it's apparently uh, another lifetime. That's how it appears, apparently. And it is not consistent enough for us to say everyone has had past lives. I would say some people have not at all. And some people have had past lives that aren't even human. Don't believe any of that. Don't disbelieve it. Don't ignore it. Simply put. Cheers well, on bowing. Can you appreciate what is arising without enjoying it? Bowing. Yes, you can. Appreciation, my interpretation of appreciation is allowing something to be what it is. If you take it into the kind of the common understanding of appreciation, like art appreciation, you go into a gallery and look at paintings. It even works there. Come in and allow that painting to, to be what it is. In other words, you're going to see it, you're going to view it, you're going to look at it, and you're going to maybe it's uh, something that doesn't please you too much, but here it is. 
on display. And you can appreciate that. In other words, receive it as it is and receive your irritation, your uh, uh, opinions, ideas, and your judgments about what you're, that's also included. You appreciate that too. You don't do anything with them. You don't validate them. You don't, you don't second the motion. You don't do anything with it. You just receive it. She's on bowing. It seems that the seduction of appreciation is to get a credential for it. And I'm wondering, is there a way to have negativity arise and appreciate it without the intention of, oh, my appreciation will make this more tolerable? No. Um, I think you've said it pretty well. And what do we do with that? Just, just be aware of all of that. There's nothing to fix, nothing to correct, but to, to be aware of that, that you're working with that, that particular word or that indication of what you're working with. And also notice that there's, uh, that kind of negativity where it looks like you're reaching for a credential about what you're able to do. So just be aware of that. Don't fix the credential. Don't, don't, don't necessarily go into trying to find a way to not, uh, look for credentials. It's about the awareness of that not about stopping doing it, even though we might say, don't add, don't subtract, don't divide. As I've said many times, I know you can't stop doing that, but if I say no comment, uh, quite often it's seeing how much we continue. This happens, we continue to add on commentary to it or interpretation to it, so we don't really fundamentally see what it is that was arising because the first take on what was arising perhaps was threatening or might make us look foolish if what we're seeing was actually true. So more? Just, it just slipped away. Slipped away. Okay. I like that. Slipped away. Any uh, further questions? In, uh, yeah. Came back? Came back. It's like a bird. Cheese <laughs> <laughs> um, and mind. the question was around, um, to, is there activity? Is there, is there activity involved in appreciation? Bowing. I think the idea of intention, we see something that is maybe our first uh, addition to it is, I don't like it, or that's that's uh, incorrect, or why is that happening that way? The, the why question that takes us in circles. Why because, why because, why because. So I think the, the intention to just receive what is there as close as you can to what it actually is rather than our uh, reaction to it or our, uh, our uh, judgment about our elaboration on it our interpretation of it. But at the same time, if that shows up, then also receive that. So it's the intention to receive whatever is showing up. More? It's the intention. Chase on bowing, is that is that very simple? Is it, is it a light, a light thing, bowing? Could be, uh, if I follow up your question, it could be, could be a little heavy. Could be heavy. Hmm? Is it enough to just acknowledge or just mentally say, I'm going to endeavor to receive this. I say if you, if there's a strong awareness practice, which means uh, when I say strong, I'm saying at least, uh, if not more, at least an hour a day of sitting meditation and some, some kind of retreat practice, uh, up to and including uh, block sitting, doing four, four hour block once a week or something. If there's something like that, I'm just generalizing. Some people, uh, sitting for 20 minutes every three days might be really powerful awareness practice for them situational de dependent on that person and someone else uh, might might sit for uh, an hour a day and really just uh, be kind of treading water in that area rather than making uh, 
rather than slowly make, having some kind of understanding of what it is that's arising without uh, adding on to what's arising. Cheers, I'm bowing. Um, what is the relationship? How do we relate to a teacher to help us navigate this without it becoming a self? If you have a teacher, listen to the teacher, receive the teachings, and uh, don't don't accept them, but receive them. Just receive it like you receive it, and then you look at it. You don't just uh, teacher said it, so it must be true. Not don't true untrue belief and everything is not helpful. Don't believe anything. Don't disbelieve anything. Don't ignore anything. Those three, and that puts you in a kind of a a no person's land where the reference points are starting to, to corrode and come apart and fall apart because they're dependently arisen. They are, they are dependent on your belief, your fixation on a past and a future. And if when you have a past and a future, you start fixating on a present and you try to maintain the present moment, stay in the present. I don't teach that. More? Jason, I think just one more question around when you bring up uh, of the two, keep the principal witness, the slogan from Atisha. Yes. Um, I just have a little trouble with understanding how to do that without it becoming, I'm just going to do what I want because it shows up strongly. Very good. So I'm just going to do what I want. That right there is is not keeping the principal witness. That is actually going into an artificial idea that will protect the principal witness from any wrongdoing. So it's just the intention, just that it's uh, sometimes Trungpa Rinpoche would say first thought, best thought. So it's the idea of the initial arising up of that situation. That's the principal witness. It's just that rather than some kind of ideation that runs in circles validating one's activity. Well, I'm just going to keep the principal witness. So I'll do what I think I should do rather than what um, my wife thinks or my teacher thinks or my community thinks or, or my uh, bookkeeper thinks or my tax accountant or anyone more. It's, it's a good area. If you Shea's can. I think you just said something along the lines of sometimes it's the situation as it arises that is the principal witness. Yes. Um, how do we not abandon such an ambiguous situation it doesn't have the type of reference points that we're looking for? Just, just, just observe that, and if the abandonment happens, just watch the abandonment. Correct nothing. It's a practice. This is why we. This is why, why this is called a practice. This is not an accomplishment. And it's if it were an accomplishment, then we could get better. We could do subtle mind control and actually get some some provable results. Um, we're interested in results, but we're not particularly fastened on some kind of demand for some proof that meditation works. Meditation doesn't work. I think I've given several talks on that. Doesn't work the way we think it. But more? Can you unelaborate a situation? Oh, that's a very good. Uh, I think so. I think there's something to what you're asking about. And the way you do that is you notice something happens and you notice you've started to elaborate on that. And you return. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not recommending you have a device here or some kind of protocol that this is what you should always do. But I'm going to talk about it in such a way that it may, it may show up so that you'll have some awareness around this is 
the, the mainstream is lying to you most of the time. But the six of the five senses are, are not particularly uh, lying. Like this feels like clothing. This looks like light. Uh, this sounds like sound or a voice. So uh, sometimes I say stay in the senses, not maintaining it, but just uh, when you notice you're elaborating something, just just return to the senses, return to the sense of touch, not not as a cure or a solution. But if you do that, if you just return to the sense of touch, how does this feel? And then there might be some commentary uh, that describes that that's too much and return to how it feels without knowing what the feeling is. Like, this is comfortable, this is uncomfortable. You actually left the feeling when you comment on it, you elaborate. So that's why it takes some practice because the mind stream that has been un, the mind stream that is full of me, the seventh consciousness, me and my stuff, me and my world, that area has not been seen through completely. We have not seen that the self-centeredness is unreal. We've not seen that. And as long as that still has a, a grip, then the practice area is going to is going to show up uh, in some way of somehow something needs to be protected there. So uh, when you're um, when you're keeping trying to keep the principal witness uh, or any anything that shows up as some kind of a slogan or some kind of a way of doing it, if that starts to turn to the side or turn to the then just watch that happen because that will take you into the area that is self centered and that's what fundamentally needs to be seen more. Jeez, I'm buying. Can there be an over over reliance on the teachings? Bowing. Perhaps. Where, where's the where's the question coming from? Jeez, uh, I'm buying. Constantly looking to the teachings for a reference point, like not not liking the uncertainty of the situation as the principal witness. So, you know, the the perpetual clarification through studying or through the teacher or somewhat but if you if you reflect on it uh, how many times have you found yourself maybe going through the 59 slogans of atisha trying to find one that fits the particular <laughs> moment have you ever done that well i have <laughs> what, what, how do i deal with this because because atisha has some something to say about everything the only thing i've noticed that he has not commented on is what kind of soap you should use but everything else he's got covered really he's and it's a very uh, open, uh, absolute, uh, absolute bodhicitta is covered, uh, um, and relative bodhicitta is covered extensively. Do this, don't do this, start this. Of the two, keep the principal witness. And just uh, sometimes it's a really a tight area of this should be do this and do that. And so, and then other places it's more, um, more like vapor or incense smoke. It's so unclear what is actually being said there. So if you are asking me, is that somehow wrong or does it make it incorrect or does it make it extra or more confusing to go to aspects of the Dharma? Is that what you're saying? She is like, can there be an overemphasis or an over-reliance? Uh, there probably won't. Uh, the over-reliance will be when you think you're understanding it and you start teaching out of it. You start telling people what to do based on your understanding. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an area that begins to show up. If somebody's been practicing for 20 or 30 years, they're kind of tired of being a student. So they start this, just decide to be a teacher. Um, when they do that, then uh, it's a little fishy. I'm not saying that they couldn't teach. 
the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links, the Six Realms. And then I'm saying they couldn't teach the provisional teachings. Of course they could. But if it goes any, where's this provisional teaching taking us? They might have some difficulty uh, commenting on that, other than just quoting uh, Longchenpa or quoting um, uh, Dogen. You can quote Dogen without really understanding what Dogen is pointing at. and sound quite erudite. Tisho. Tisho uh, on that question that uh, Chiesan was just asking about Atisha's uh, slogan, what does keep mean in keep the principal witness? What does keep mean? Well, that's uh, good. So my understanding of it would be, uh, and, uh, is if if uh, if the back and forth is happening, then whatever you're, however you're seeing it, then go with that rather than somebody else's idea or someone else's interpretation. You know, that being said, there might be times when, uh, when you, you know, you, this doesn't mean you don't want to listen to other people or listen to anyone about it. But if, if there's, uh, there's a couple of ways I can address that. And the first one, I'll say this way, when you're having an either or, should I or sh should I do this? Or perhaps I should go this way? then of the two, keep the principal witness, then however you see this. And if you're seeing an either or, don't do anything because there is no, the principal witness there is just, uh, the principal witness you're keeping is just the nebulousness of the situation. Keep that one. Rather than have somebody else come along, well, the way I'm seeing it, uh, Bill or Vern or Mary, I think you should really tell him what you're thinking about that instead of holding that back. Or I think you should take that job and quit this job. So of the two, keep the principal witness. And if it's if it's a confusion, that's the principal witness. I can go on about that a little further if you want me to elaborate or not. Kisho? Uh, thank you, uh, Subsan. That was helpful. Uh, Sir? Sure, Bowing. In uh, Chazan's um, questions and your responses, you were talking about someone just quoting Dogen or quoting Longchenpa. How does somebody speak out of what's in front of them um, without just quoting their own experience or their own thoughts? Well, you might. You might do that. What is it you want to know? Sure, my, my confusion comes out of the way I'm phrasing it. To quote my own experience is still kind of relying on a past um, and trying to bring that back to what's in front of me and, and apply it. I'm trying to understand what it is to actually speak out of what's in front of us. Probably wouldn't say much. Any questions on Zoom? Jake. Jake Tommy. So I can't see everybody. There's 47 people on there. I can only see 25 of you. So if you have a question, you can um, yell. <laughs> so there's two, two in the chat box. So maybe somebody out there can keep an eye on that chat box for us. And, uh, but that being said, go ahead, Jake. Uh, you have a question. Jake Bowing. Um, does willpower have a practical role in, in returning to the wall or staying on the cushion and trying to grow a better habit? Bowing. So how do you define willpower? Um, willpower is forcing myself to do something. Hmm. Bowing. What would Nietzsche say about that? 
the will to power. Then am I quoting Nietzsche? <laughs> Some guy, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm just joking with you. I'm, what I'm saying is, uh, whatever occurs, you know, rather than, I would say it's workable as long as you don't make it some kind of the only way you're going to do this is through just forcing yourself. You might want to go the other direction and just don't do it for a while. So you can get an idea of what, what the positive, negative, neutral energy that's flowing around there that we keep covering up with some kind of forcing ourselves to sit there. If you're talking to me, which right now you are, I would say stop sitting. I mean, if, if you're finding you're having to force yourself to go sit. Now, of course, if you live in the monastery, which you've stayed here for a while, so you see what it's like here, you don't have to, you don't have to use any force. You just, uh, if you don't, uh, if you don't observe the forms with your body mind situation, in other words, attend the book studies, sit in front of the wall, somebody's going to tap you on the shoulder. But not to accuse you, just say, what's going on? Are you doing okay? I, I notice you haven't been here, perhaps. But you know, when people come here, they, I don't think we have a lot of difficulty with, with anyone, do we? I mean, people pretty much, if they want to come to a monastery, they kind of know what they're in for. They're going to sit six and a half hours of, of sitting practice every day, other than a few days, like when it's eight hours. So, so I'm not sure if I got to your, what you want to know, but you can ask again, if you'd like. Jake Bowing, how does, how is willpower different from intention? Uh, intention doesn't look for results and willpower wants proof that it's working. Intention, attention is a flop, a flop. It's just flop. You, you can't get anywhere with intention and you don't need to get anywhere because you already are what you're looking for. I'm not trying to have some kind of fancy saying about this. I'm just saying realization is not something else. There are other people that teach us differently. If you're listening to me. Apparently, this is going to make a little bit of sense to you. You are what you're looking for. That's why intention does work. I intend to see the truth. I intend to uh, return to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Use some kind of a structure or not. Or if you don't want to, if you're afraid of, uh, of something that shows up as a, a, a 2,500-year-old religion, then do something else. But you might want to train your mind if you at least sit down and look at your mind daily. You might need a teacher. You might not. I needed two teachers. I'm always looking at my teacher. That doesn't mean I'm that you guys are my teachers. So don't misunderstand me. Mark. Uh, this is from the chat box. Mark, Mark Bowling. Thank you. Mark. Uh, this is from Deb. Uh, how will I know if I'm sitting enough? Is this an area to talk to teacher? Bowling. Probably, but then again, you can you can work with it yourself. Uh, try to set you know the general um, recommendation, not only from me but just in general, sit for an hour or so a day. Try to set that, and then maybe. And the way I say it is, then if you're at a distance, you can't get to the monastery, and you live somewhere in the, else in the world. Uh, you you might want to do block sitting, which we also do every Thursday. Seven in the morning to eleven uh, Eastern, and uh, uh, one to five in the afternoon Eastern. You can actually sit and watch other in real time. Watch other people sitting there facing a wall. So there's always one person because there, it's a form. So there's always someone is assigned to be the timekeeper. And sometimes everybody's off, you know, uh, partying or something. But 
quite often there's there's 10 or 12 people in here sitting. Sometimes people, you can come and see up someone who sits there the entire four hours. Uh, with that form here, you can get up and go to the restroom, go uh, eat something. You can go out and look out the window and you can go wander around for a while, just come back and finish the form four hours long each time. Just a way of, of getting more awareness training in. But how much you're sitting, uh, just that you asked the question, I would say probably not enough. Add 10% on. Thank you, Bowen. <laughs> Sokaran Bowen? Yes, go ahead, Sokaran. Uh, when you say life comes without, or what life comes without warning, I, as a householder, I think of expenses. Yes. How do you, how do you work with monks um, when there's not necessarily a chance of accruing an emergency bank account? Um, hmm. And yet there are still things that are unexpected that might be buffered by finances. Bowing. Uh, well, we're kind of, Trying to understand that together, I think it's a good idea. A good uh, someone who people who live at the monastery quite often don't have, uh, obviously don't have what someone with a full time job with uh, healthcare and everything that is provided there. So I think it's very situational. Someone is a uh, lives here, lives close by, or is a student of uh, of this uh, teaching, then we would try to help. Um, I'm not sure if that's where you're going with the question. Um, could you say more? Can I get closer to what it is you're looking for? So, Graham Bowing, when does the paranoia of expenses coming without warning um, foreshadow the training, which is the reality is that life comes without warning, Bowing? So, if I understand you, uh, what you're saying, uh, this is just happening for, with everyone in a different form, a different shape. A different dimension, a different uh, rhythm. It's just, it's just uh, life in general. It's just happening, and so, insofar as you can, receive that, and, and just do the best you can. I'm not sure what it seems like. There's some other area that you're asking about that I'm not able to get to with that question. So, Grand Bowing, you say train your mind. Are there other ways to plan for the unexpected, Bowing? <laughs> Well, I'm very biased there. The best way you can plan for the unexpected is train your mind. Because everything is unex unexpected. We don't know what's going to happen. Look at the, just look around us and everything, everything is going smooth. And suddenly this whole thing just goes, goes to pieces. Sometimes it's our own mind stream. We're doing fine. Everything has been fine for the last three days, four days, eight days, two weeks, half a year. And suddenly we're just swamped with all kinds of negativity with no apparent source. I repeat, no apparent source and the ego mind the self-centered mind tends to look for cause and it will settle because it gets some kind of comfort out of it well at least i know what caused it and you don't know what caused anything there's no first cause this doesn't mean that aspirin doesn't work of course it does because it is in that relative uh, structure but as we get get further into that so-called relative structure into things like psychology and psychiatry, and it gets more and more vague about what is actually causing what. 
you can't really find this because it's just too complicated. So training your mind is about not about figuring everything out and being so you know what to do with everything. It's about receiving everything that comes towards you as it is without adding anything on to it. More? So run. No, thank you. There's there's more if, if you can ask the question. I need your help. If you can ask questions around that, there's more room to respond in there. But I'm not in a it's not showing up to me as extra some way of continuing to ramp that up or talk about that more. But there's more room there if you be able to ask more questions. Yes, sir. So the question is sounding similar to the, like this practice being a preparation for death. Yes. Um, is that what is that preparation? Well, it can show up lots of different ways. It's just seeing that, er that anything that comes up is, is not going to last. Everything's impermanent. This this very life that we think of that we're even though we're we can intellectually we think well of course I'm here and I'm but to say this is not going to last. This is going away. If you really understand this totally and completely and thoroughly, uh, you're you've already you're 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 already gone. You've already died because you you're actually living. Your, your experience is happening in a different dimension. I'm not trying to get airy-fairy here, all uh, um, idealistic about this wonderful dimension where of uh, the, the Dharmakaya. No, it's worse than that. And it's better than that. It's both. It's not two. You know, if you realize it, you know, you, you, the suffering or the difficulty or the challenges will still come and go. But the main issue is the person who thinks they're suffering, not, not the suffering itself. Suffering is dependently risen. There's going to be pain. There's going to be difficulty. Shiva Bowing is thinking that the practice will help our negativity be easier to deal with. Is that a misunderstanding? I don't think so. That's the idea. Life is suffering. The Buddha said life is suffering. Challenging, difficult, painful, however you want to characterize that. There's, there's the, the classical way is to go into the three types of pain, the pain of pain, the pain of alternation, and the pain of the composite. It's difficult, and sitting practice of meditation will help you uh, work with that as you experience it in your, personally in your own life by seeing fundamentally there's no one home. The subject-object situation has been seen through, and so you don't see anything else. <laughs> Pretty terrifying. Notice I'm chuckling. Yes. Christina. Um, receiving something happens, there's this combustion, light, whatever you want to call it, and it seems like there's the container can't receive. Um, the, whatever's happening is too big for What's the, the question? I, I follow you. What's the okay, question? Okay, so how do we receive when we feel too tight or closed you're doing you're okay you're doing it if there's a regular ongoing sitting practice then seeing that you're not able to seeing that you're shut down this is awareness the awareness needs to see the clamp it needs to see the way in which the the way in which there's clinging uh because if you just say well I'll, i'm just going to let go i just won't grasp i just i just i just the ego can't do that but when you look and see the way in which you are grasping 
and you see it intimately, closely, without agenda, other than you would like that not to be there, but the, but the, the intention is more powerful than the, the, the greed about getting rid of it. The intention to see the truth is called a spiritual path. You actually transcend the relativity that most of the world is fighting with, war after war after war, in the kitchen, uh, across the ocean, down the block, in the political systems, every war, war, because there's no, there's no real insight into the nature of relative truth. We think certain things are real and certain things are unreal. So it's that grasping. Just the awareness practice will allow you to see the way in which you grasp. And you may continue to grasp and you may not. But what will be different if you see what it is, you won't care what you're doing. I'm not saying you're dismissive, but you see because your appreciation, to use a, the word that Chazan was asking about, your appreciation is so extensive and vast that you're no longer at war with anything. And you, it may not, people may not see this in you. You might not see that you're on receive all the time. Everything is dumping its load on you. Everything is coming towards you. And if you were still a being, you'd suffer greatly. But since you're not, you know, you see there is no one here, uh, you're like a black hole. Everything can come in. It doesn't make you some kind of a hero or something. Or It just means that you're on receive. You receive this world. Don't miss your life. Receive this world. Receive the suffering of the world. This is the, what is Avalokiteshvara as a, a sound observer, is looking down on the world and, and hearing the cries of the world. And, Receives, receives. Go ahead. Can we appreciate our clench refusal yes. at the same time? Good one. No, you can. Yeah, just just look at the clench. Don't, don't get rid of it. You're actually seeing the truth that the Buddha taught. Life is suffering. He didn't say part of the time. It's suffering. This doesn't mean that you're constantly screaming at the top of your lungs because you're in a pit of fire. But it just means that the suffering dynamic is, is happening all the time. If not with you personally, with the person next to you, with most of the world is, is suffering and is dealing with that in different ways. Quite often, it's just by ignoring, distracting ourselves or blaming someone else. I'm sure you've all noticed that if you're really feeling terrible, one of the ways to get rid of that feeling is to blame something. And relatively, it's probably there's some accuracy there. But ultimately, you've missed the point. You're still fighting with relative truth. You think, still think that you can squeeze happiness out of finding out who's wrong or how someone mistreated you or how you made a mistake because you didn't study uh, the right thing at university. You're on and on, just a constant chatter of otherness, otherness, otherness. More? Thank you for the question. Sir. So, Valley, um, what is it to, to live a sane life in? I'm listening. What is it to live a sane life if it's not about getting happiness out of samsara? Paraphrase that question. Paraphrase, say it a different way. So I can see how well you understand what you just asked me. Sure, bowing. Is there such thing as a good life? If there's a good life, then there's a bad life. Is that what you're asking me? Sure, Bowling. It, it's still coming out of Sokaran's questions where it seems like we want to get comfortable here. Or we want to be secure in samsara. Yes. And 
So Trump or MJ talked about basic goodness in a, in a, and a, a sane society, an enlightened society. I don't know if that's possible, but uh, I, I appreciate his uh, idealism there and trying to do that. I don't know. I, th I think it has to be done. One person at a time has to awaken. I don't think uh, a society or group of people can awaken, if that's what you're asking me. You have to transcend good and bad, right and wrong, back and forth, up and down, life and death. Every polarity, every polarity, that's what we're here. We're here. You're, you've been downloaded into this. You're a spirit, as has been said way before I got here, you're a spiritual being having a physical experience. And this physical experience will not last. It's going away. And it's full of nerve endings, suffering, and it's going away. This week, next week, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, or more. But who you are actually is not going anywhere. And the realization of that is pre we prevent that by by ignoring that openness because we have started to identify with this body-mind as somebody who looks a certain way and has a certain IQ level and a certain uh, shiny teeth or whatever our attributes may be, these wonderful attributes we cling to. Well, at least we're not black. How many times have you said that to yourself? And we're always looking for some kind of strategy. Well, at least I'm, well, at least I'm, look, look closely, use your, your awareness, do what the Buddha did. Look deeply into his mind and into what was happening and understood his true nature, which is not separate from anything. It's not a conclusion. The relative things conclude because they've been excluded. So then they conclude. But the spiritual path is about seeing what this is. More? You feel properly scolded? <laughs> Didn't you? A question from Marco in the Netherlands. Marco in the Netherlands. Is there a method to work with the way we are so result-oriented? Or is seeing it enough? I'll go with the or. Uh, seeing it, uh, the way you're asking it, but seeing it is enough. It's not like, well, if I see it, then, uh, you know, the, the show is over. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a, a, a life path. It is a spiritual path where as you're a living being, you're here and you're coming and going and you're attached to the body-mind complex and your ideas and your thoughts and your emotions. You believe in them. So then we have to see what this is fundamentally. So I would say seeing it is enough, but then there's no one seeing it and there's nothing to be seen. If you want to go into the ultimate understanding of it, there is nothing happens, nothing occurs. Ultimacy, uh, to use the fancy word, it's already Dharmakaya. The Dharmakaya, the, the Sambhogakaya, the, the Nirmanakaya are, are all one thing. It's just the ultimate situation the intermediate situation and the, and the manifestation of a body-mind complex uh, are not separate from each other. You are what you're looking for. Don't believe any of that. Go do something else. Go do something constructive. <laughs> a question from Jeremy Gray in Portland. Jeremy. You just used the word downloaded. How do you feel about the idea of simulation theory? Say, say more about it. I'm not sure I've, <clears throat> I know about downloaded, but 
you know about simulation theory? You don't know about simulation theory? And you're a fully ordained monk. <laughs> Anyone know about simulation theory in here? Haoshan must know. No? Okay, Jeremy, I've had enough of your crap. <laughs> what the hell is it? <laughs> Augie bowing. Yeah, Augie, you going to tell me? Yeah, I believe he's referring to uh, a lot of people talking about uh, this being a simulation. That we're in a a giant simulation and people in fairly high places who talk and are listened to are starting to say that kind of thing, that this is a huge simulation we're in, bowing. Okay, gotcha. Okay, uh, Jeremy, I'm ready to respond. No, it's worse than that. I mean, from the, your, the simulation is still a relative statement about relative stuff that is pointing to something that approaches an absolute understanding. But the absolute understanding is there isn't even any simulation. You know, uh, Augie Bowing yeah, is, is consciousness. I think I, when I hear about that, I think they're getting a hint of consciousness that this is all playing out in consciousness. Uh, is that the case? This is all playing out. Uh, consciousness is finding its own, always finding its own form. For example, Bowing. Okay, I'll go with that. Augie Bowing. Does consciousness have an intention? Bowing. If it has an intention, then it has an intention. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. Well, what is consciousness when it has, when it's not finding its form? Bowing. Uh, confused. Augie Bowing. Some people re refer to the absolute. What's prior to consciousness? Is, is that what they're pointing at with, with words that don't read, mean much? But is that what yeah. that term seems to point at, Bowing? Well, perhaps. So we, we're still, no matter what we say or what we do, we're still, <laughs> somebody's hiding from me behind Shota, which is, might as well be 40 or 50 people behind him because he's pretty big. <laughs> so uh, you could say it that way. And the, the absolute part of it is that because we have this word absolute, which, which is there isn't anything there, but we have a word that points to this area. So you can't, you can't think about it. You can't. You can't be that, be that, you can't be separate from it. So the, the consciousness finding its own form, which is something that I've said, uh, is it, I'm just saying that whatever consciousness is doing, it will find its, its nature. If it's ultimate, then it will find that. And if, if it's, uh, if it's relative, then it'll find that. And it is promoted by any kind of polarity that's happening, any grasping, any rejection, action, aggression, and ignorance will, will cause that that aspect of consciousness, which may be showing up as a physical form, as a, as a, um, a 13 year old in uh, Houston, Texas, that is interested in, uh, 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 helicopters. I just, you know, I'm just using that as a, there is an interest. There's consciousness finding its own form. Inter very interesting to see something very young doing that. Like we have our, perfect uh, teaching device here, Rumi, who's what, almost three and a half, watching him, how, how he, how he um, gets what he wants, how he goes after this and shuts down on that. Very interesting. It's especially interesting to me because I'm not one of his parents. So I get to leave <laughs> whenever I feel like it, kind of. Augie bowing. Augie. Yeah. 
speaking of Rumi and kids and all, uh, we say, or people say, uh, consciousness is, seems infinitely creative to take, be taking the form of these billions of seeming people and doing billions of things. Is that, does that make any sense that consciousness is infinitely creative, Bowie? Yes, if you were to look at it and come up with a description, sure. <clears throat> but there's no, there's no, there's no identity. There's no one creating anything. It's the identity. It also creates, it's infinitely creative because so it creates a bunch of uh, identities. The self-centeredness, the ego, the narcissism, the seventh consciousness yoga, uh, described in the yoga chara tradition is also dependent on everything. Anything that shows up as other. It's about seeing that. It's not about getting rid of it. Not, it's not easy to do that. It takes quite a bit of time. And the, the, the dead ends or the circularity are extremely magnetizing. We have people all over just go and spend a, one day on YouTube with, a, you know, a three minutes for, with each channel. Just go down the line and you see how many different ideas people have about everything. And they're all selling and marketing something somewhere. And even I'm doing that. I'm, I'm just one of them. I'm just one of a whole slew of people who know stuff and say stuff. So we would say create, we would say consciousness is taking the form of all those things you just described. Bowing? Yeah. Yeah. Everything you see is consciousness that we change it into an object. We separate just like we separate the clouds from the sky. But you can't have clouds without a sky. You can't have a sky without clouds. Well, maybe you can have a, a blue sky. We'll work on that one. Augie Bowing, when you say we, sometimes you say we are the Buddha. Uh, is that, is that, is, I guess that's not literally true. Is it true because the Buddha was consciousness as well? Consciousness take, took the form of the Buddha. Consciousness is taking the, our, the form of me, what, what seems to be me right here. And so, uh, in that sense, do we, we have the same mother consciousness bowing? Okay. I never, I make it a practice never to argue with chemical engineers. <laughs> <laughs> and we have two of them here as that I, and maybe more, uh, between Chisho and Augie. We have people who know way more than they should. <laughs> <laughs> That could be the next question. Uh, yeah, good. There's a fine line, I suppose, between understanding what people are referring to, because I see the traditions referring to different, or maybe the same things with different words. Like last week, you referred to appearances. Yes. Or, or was that really just another way of referring to forms? And that yes. we said appearances can't be separated from emptiness. But emptiness is a different word, apparently, for consciousness. Uh, You're starting to lose me now. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, that's how I think I get lost. But well, is, that, is that the uh, skillful means? Is the skillful means part of the skillful means to confuse us in that way, Alan? Well, the way I use uh, skillful means is that it's something that arises out of the clarity, not something you think up and you... I think I'm going to apply a skillful means to this person and uh, and do something that will fundamentally help them based on our analysis, or our conclusions about their difficulty. Skillful means, uh, if, if you're functioning out of skillful means or upaya, which is the Sanskrit, I believe, uh, you, you won't even know your, how to do it. You won't, it won't be something you can write a book about. 
And if it is, it's probably not skillful means. It's a manipulation of relative truth to look pretty fancy and shiny. You can't do skillful means, even though it's sometimes taught that way. I feel it's taught that way because uh, to help people see that you could actually function in the world uh, in uh, where you're actually moving and operating and doing things without really knowing what you're doing. Because coming out of wisdom, there's no there's no identity happening there. It takes uh, um, unconditional confidence. You have to be unconditionally confident about what you're what is showing up in your in your mind stream or in your life stream. And that's not something you can just do or be, but it is something you can just stop fooling with everything, stop meddling with everything, so you can see what this is fundamentally without your input coming out of hope and fear. Not easy. And Gilmay just reminded me that something about electrical engineers. So, is Gilmay a is he an electrical engineer? No, no, he can't be. But he might be. Gilmay, are you an electrical engineer? I was. Oh, he was one. Well, past tense. So electrical engineer. Okay, we've got Yume and Chisho and Augie. Any other engineers here? Who? Are you an engineer? What kind of engineer are you? Software. You're a software engineer? Why didn't you ever tell me? <laughs> Aren't you a fully ordained monk? I just slip in here with that kind of education. <laughs> We have a software engineer here and you know he's what what are they how can they how do you engineer software with great difficulty <laughs> a lot of people argue software engineers aren't engineers who are they i mean the people who are the people who are real engineers <laughs> <laughs> well so, like uh so augie would you would you agree that a Software engineer is a software engineer, or are they just a fake engineer? He's shaking his head, yes. And he's wearing a kangaroo hat, so why wouldn't we believe him? So, Chisho, what would you say about software engineers being a chemical engineer? Chisho, uh, I don't know about software engineers. There is a joke about chemical engineers, though. What is it? That is, a chemical engineer talks engineering to chemists and talks chemistry to engineering folks so that neither of them found out find out that they are a fool. Neither <laughs> <laughs> find out that they're a fool. <laughs> they, don't, they don't figure out that the chemical engineer is an idiot actually. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Where are we at anywhere? Are we anywhere? Yeah, we should probably uh, close. Is there a final question from anyone? We can address a final question, and if, if not, we can certainly close. Kevin Bowling. Yes, sir. I remember once you said uh, being genuine might ruin your reputation. Yes. How that that seems like an example of, of life without warning. How do we work with having our own reputations? devastated by the path bowing yeah I, I think it's uh to use my one of my favorite words is situational we, we there's there's no right or wrong way to do it uh particularly but there's there's a way of working with it which stops what needs to occur don't fight with dependent origination this doesn't mean that if you feel like murdering people go ahead and murder them 
but you know we can actually meet the difficulty in in its own uh, in its own uh, uh, war room in its own planning room. We can actually go in and meet that. We can see what is happening in the mindstream before we start to uh, go out and make some kind of gestures in public that are going to ruin our reputation. That being said, uh, if if what we look at needs to occur and you've looked at it and you can't do it any other way, then you may have to to put that to say it uh, relatively first, rather than try to say, well, I, I can't do that because how, what will people think? What will people think? My mother harped at me when I was a kid, anytime I would do anything, what are people going to think? What, what are people going to think? You have dirty underwear. What if you end up in the hospital and they say you have dirty? So it was more about her not doing my laundry you know, <laughs> than about me. I, I'm just using kind of a simple, stupid example but it's like that you know we're so concerned about other and the other uh other situations most likely very concerned about what we think about them what are you thinking about what i'm thinking about what you're thinking that i'm thinking about what you're thinking it just goes on and on and on so yeah it's might not be the best place to end but it certainly is a is an area where uh, you know find out who you are and and uh, rather than try to protect some kind of reputation now, especially in, uh, in all of the, the Dharma teachers down through the centuries, look at, look at really good reputations in some way, but really terrible reputations in other ways. Same, same thing with uh, politicians and everyone else. Reputation is an interesting area. Final question about that, Kevin, or is that it? Kevin Bowing. Um, Earlier, when I, I, I forget the exact word, which is, is sad because it was a nice word that she is unused about kind of un. I, I don't remember what it was, but coming, you, you mentioned coming back into the sense of touch that those the five sense fields don't lie to us in the way that the mind stream does. Yes. Is a way of coming into the mind stream as a, a touchstone without being uh, confused by it? I, I feel there is with sitting practice of meditation takes us, uh, allows us to, through that practice of holding very still and watching what moves, allows us to actually train ourselves to see the truth. In Buddhism, there's nothing to believe or disbelieve. Um, even though sometimes it's handled that way, I would say just just see what's true for yourself, and that can be difficult and painful. And this is why we have a support like uh, Kevin Bowing. Oh, someone was saying the word was unelaborating. Yes, thank you. Unelaborating. Yeah. I, I guess Kevin Bowing. My, my specifically, what I'm asking in the example you used of going into the war room of the mind. Is there a way of coming into the the texture that that war room of that war room as a way? Is that is that texture as trustworthy as sense of touch or smell or hearing? Bowing. If you're going to use the word trustworthy, and I'll say yes, yeah, it's just as it has its own reality, and that re reality is dependently arisen. It has its it has a relative reality, but ultimately it is unreal. 
So we just have to meet it where it's at. And it can, it can change the very time, very instant we touch it and start to work with it and smell of it and taste it and, and get into the texture of that reality. It can start to morph into something else. And it, and it, 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 it is its own little, uh, mini lesson on impermanence. Just receive, just receive that which is receiving, nothing happens. If the identity has, as if you've understood who you are, then your uh, the whole idea of production or receiving or everything, all of that, all of those polarities just collapse into each other, and you're just here. It's just this, and you're you're unthreatened by anything. Even intense, horrible, powerful emotions can come through. It's like wind blowing through an empty house. You can't find anyone. It's just a metaphor. It's not exactly how it is. It's, it's even worse than that. Very good. Prepare this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three lines, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan, and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.